0: Hey, everybody, my name is Austin Killian. I'm Andrew Harper. And we're a fascist at the First Baptist Church. <laughs> we should be. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I didn't lose it. You lost it. No, we should be so much better at this. No, I'm, I, I was fine. I was ready. All right, take two. my name is Austin Killian. I'm Andrew Harper. And we're both pastors at First Baptist Church in Cleveland. Welcome to the Exiles Podcast, where we talk about life, doctrine, hot topics, and all things Baptist from a gospel-centered point of view. All right, second take was a good take. That's we're right. good to
1: go. Every time you say life, I think you're going to say life,
0: liberty, liberty and, the and the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. happiness.
1: Not that we're not opposed to those things, but every time you're like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, that's not what you're going to say.
0: You should just jump in and say it sometime. Go off script sometime. It's a it's not a bad thing. You should go off script. Okay. I'll kind of like it. I'm gonna go off script. Yeah, I feel like you don't have a script. I don't have anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to go off script with. You you've, you've bound me with your scripts. It's not a big one either. It's not it's a short script. Tonight is today is a short one. But I do want to mention one thing. Okay. Thursday night.
1: Yes, it's gonna be a great night. Why? Because we're gonna go to and we La- when we say we yes
0: who are we talking about
1: me you Amber Anna Micah and Maddie Grace
0: yes we're go ahead. all
1: gonna go to Lost Pizza and we're not gonna have to pay for it because we're gonna use our gift cards that's right someone gave us some awesome gift cards
0: and we appreciate that so much we really do we definitely are gonna go eat lots and lots of pizza.
1: It's going to be fantastic. And Maddie loves the little van like, thing. Uh,
0: the little van. Does it have a TV in, in it still?
1: Uh, there used to be a TV
0: in it. Like all these kids are like a bunch of it. I bet they don't because of COVID now. Yeah,
1: but. I don't know. She just likes to go in there and sit and be like, <laughs> I'm not at the table. I'm hanging out over here. Because she just runs around all the time.
0: Well, they used to have like a little Wii set right there, right in front of the bathrooms but you gotta be careful coming to that bathroom you might get closed on by a kid on yeah, a back like a the backhand of tennis.
1: She'll she'll get in there and she'll go to the like the very corner and she'll look into the little claw machine. she's like, Oh, I want that one and I'm like, It's a trap <laughs> Maddie, I'm not gonna be able to get. I'll spend fifty dollars trying to hey, get this out of here.
0: She's small enough; just slide her through that big hole and have her grab Thankfully, it last time we
1: were there, it was out of order, so it was like,
0: oh, sorry, sorry. we can't,
1: <laughs> can't do it. Sorry, tough. My brother,
0: my brother Jacobs, actually, I mean, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but you give him two, two tries, three tries, I bet he gets it two, two or two or three times.
1: Uh, depending on like where the stuffed animal is. Like you gotta be strategic. Yeah. And like there's some times where you just go and you're like, look, none of these are really available.
0: And you know, if you if you become really good at it, the best thing you should do instead of just hoarding all that information, yeah. you should probably bring someone alongside you and begin to teach them how they can go about winning the game too. It's true.
1: There's a guy on TikTok that does that. Really? Yeah. He has like well he shows people how he does it, but then I think he like he like has some people and he like shows them here's the tricks to, like, all these different, like, games and stuff. Even the ones that are, ex- expensive.
0: So you're saying that someone's, like, he's, pre- he's presenting information and people are learning from him. Yeah. And he's got a ton of followers.
1: That's right. And he, like, says, hey, come with me. Follow me as I show you how to win all of these awesome things.
0: Well, you know, that's really cool because today we're actually going to be talking about uh, something along the lines of following... And learning and uh, growing in a knowledge and understanding of something.
1: It's true, but it's going to be way better than...
0: Way more significant.
1: ...stuffed animals. Some eternal
0: weight on this. That's right. That is the topic of discipleship, which is the topic we're beginning season two of the Exiles podcast with. And we told you last week, for those of you listening, that we would be starting this. And so the question that we're going to be answering today is, um, what is a disciple? So, Andrew, yes. you're the discipleship pastor. I'm just a student pastor. What do I know? What is student? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be season three. Yeah, season three. What is it? Yeah. Questions of student, student ministry? ministry. Yeah. that would be good. Okay. So, you answer the question. What is a disciple?
1: Uh, so, there's, uh, I'd say there's probably several different um, uh, definitions that people give. But really, the reason I think we should answer this question is that ultimately this is the word that categorizes those who were followers of Jesus. I feel like most people would would come and consider themselves Christians, or we use the word Christian in our language today, and we use kind of we call each other um, Christians, those who belong to Jesus, and that's a Bible word too. Obviously, that's found there, but the word disciple is used much much more, over two hundred times in the New Testament, um, and so I think us. Trying to figure out what it means to be a disciple is a worthy uh, effort. Because, endeavor. Yeah, it's a worthy endeavor because it's the word that the Bible uses. Um, so I'm going to give uh, two kind of definitions that would be culturally understanding of what the word would have meant when it was used during that time period. So the first, disciple meant in the Greco Roman time period, one involved in an apprenticeship. A relationship of submission and a life of demanding training. Uh, It could also uh, sometimes imply formal academic learning, but usually it involved the impartation of knowledge, skills, and conduct in informal situations as the master went about his daily occupation. Uh, So when we think about the word disciple, there is an idea of, of learning, there is an idea of student. Um, but it's a little bit more involved. It's a little bit more robust than just that. And the reason that I think we need to understand that it's more than that is because what we do is we take the word disciple and we kind of baptize it in our current perspective of what a student is today. And we think of someone who sits in a desk who takes notes and learns information and takes a test. And the the idea of a learner or student or disciple of Jesus is a little bit more than that, based on the way that it would have been used in that time period.
0: I think it's. Uh, I think you said it. I think you said it best either this morning or, or last night when we were talking about. I can't remember. Um, but discipleship is not just a gaining of a knowledge of theology, but it's actually applied theology, mm-hmm. which is where you you have written. You know, Dallas w- Willard's um, definition of discipleship is apprenticeship to jesus mm-hmm. and when we think of an apprentice i mean we don't just think of a student sitting in a chair looking at a whiteboard all day we think of someone coming along a master someone who is an expert and skilled at a certain a particular position and them coming along and learning and doing the work beside this master until they are themselves mm-hmm. a master at that which they are learning about
1: hmm uh, it's very similar to like the idea that we have like on-the-job on training. So when you think about like on-the-job training, my brother really uh, hated going to school and being in a classroom setting. And so I think he gave college like a one-semester try. And then he was like, yeah, that's not for me. Um, but he really enjoyed learning from experience. And so he began to become an electrician. And the way that it kind of worked was you had this licensed kind of master, you know, expert electrician um, who had been doing it for years, super experienced, taking all the tests, got all those things kind of taken care of. And he would come alongside him and watch him work. And then the guy would begin to slowly give him more opportunity, more responsibility, uh, more insight, um, more parts of the job to take on himself. Now, and now, he went to classes. He would go to classes uh, two or three nights a week, and he'd have books, and he'd have tests and things like that. So it wasn't like that wasn't involved, but it was much more than simply the the taking in of information and then taking a test. And so when you think of the way that the word that disciple was used in that time period uh, of when we're reading the Scriptures, that's more of the picture that we should have in our mind uh, of someone who's on-the-job training with some education, with some pieces like that together when it comes to this idea of who a disciple is. Because for us to be a disciple it's not for us to simply know information about Jesus, but for us to tie ourselves to him as the master as we learn how he did things.
0: Yeah, so when I, when I think about discipleship, or, or when I think about like sitting in a classroom, most of the time when you're sitting in a classroom in a school setting or in, like, even in a Sunday school setting when we think about it that way because sometimes people define Sunday school as discipleship which can be a form but not sure. in its totality. I think oftentimes you're you're going to be faced with two type of learning styles, audibly, mm-hmm. auditory and is it auditory? Yeah. And yeah. and visual mm-hmm. learning. I think that discipleship though encapsulates all three learning styles, audible, visual and kinesthetic. Kinesthetic mm-hmm. being acting on what you have learned, mm-hmm. and so um, I think that I think that too often when it comes to us being a disciple, we just want to feed the visual and maybe even audible, mm-hmm. and we think, okay, this is discipleship. But in reality, um, the probably the biggest aspect of discipleship is the is the kinesthetic,
1: mm-hmm. which we
0: get, which we get. I think when we look at the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. When Jesus talks about making disciples, right, Right. he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Mm -hmm. So there's not—like, when we we teach someone to observe, there's this aspect where they have to come along. Like, I can't just tell someone, hey, when you go into the hospital room, understand that this person has been severely injured, his parents or whoever— is extremely sad. You're just going to walk in, and here's what you do. Mm-hmm. No, you need to take them in there with you, right? And you need to show them what it looks like to hurt and to minister to someone mm-hmm. who is hurting and needs to be ministered to. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a lot of things that we, and like you, use the example of like showing someone we had to minister to someone in a, in a in a in a hospital situation or a tragic a tragedy happening. Um, and really, we should think of in some ways more basic ideas. Of, mm-hmm. uh, and this and this is what. Happens a lot, I think, is that we simply say, um, hey, if you're a Christian, you should be doing X, Y, Z. You should be reading your Bible. You should be praying. You should be showing your faith. But what we don't really do is, hey, uh, if you're a Christian, why don't you follow me and let me show you how I pray? Let me show you how I read my Bible every day. Let me show you how I share my faith and invite you to come along with me. Uh, too often we settle for the classroom to just transfer information, um, and we don't really get to the actual on-the-job training type part. And that's really what the idea of being a disciple means, someone who, uh, you know, as this uh, definition says, it implies some, some academic information for sure, but ultimately it involves the impartation of knowledge, skills, and conduct in informal situations as the master went about their daily occupation. So it's this idea of, like, um, as I go and read my Bible, and as I go and pray, and as I go share my faith, and as I go do these things, I'm going to invite this person along with me. Um, And that's ultimately what we do in in the idea of discipleship and disciple-making. But first and foremost, for us to be a disciple, we need to ask ourselves, um, are we that kind of bought in? Are we that committed Mm -hmm. um, type of person toward Jesus? Um, it's not about just knowing information about Jesus, but do we feel like we're connected to him in a more robust kind of way? Yeah. Um, And then I want to kind of give, this is one of my favorite definitions of a disciple, and it comes from Jim Putman, and he bases it on Matthew 4, verse 19, where um, we have in in, in Matthew's account of Jesus, uh, this is right right after his um, time of temptation, before he begins his ministry and so he leaves that time of temptation in the wilderness he begins to preach and he begins to call his first disciples to himself and as he does that he says follow me and i will make you fishers of men and so jim putman kind of separates this definition into three different areas he says the disciple is committed to jesus this is the follow me part that he calls people to him they're being changed by jesus this is whenever he says i will make you and then ultimately, they're devoted to the mission of Jesus, which is being fishers of men. And so a disciple is committed to Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and devoted to the mission of Jesus.
0: Yeah, and I think that when we think about the commitment of Jesus, it's one thing we're talking about um, with the students. There are a lot of people who who believe in Jesus, uh like, I think about the the 5,000 that Jesus fed. Mm-hmm. They believed in Jesus. They even saw Jesus' miracles. But even Jesus looked at them and said, Yeah, you know who I am. You've even seen me perform these miracles, but you, you don't really believe mm-hmm. in, in me. And so like, I think that when we talk about a commitment to Jesus, it is this commitment is surrendering our lives to him, believing that he is uh, truly God, truly man, who has lived the perfect life, sinless, uh, and die the death that we deserved, um, and we then give up our lives in order to serve him. I think that like that is the level of commitment we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The commitment is not just attending church and doing Christian things. The commitment is giving your life over to the will of Jesus. And
1: really it's the idea of giving your life over to a person. You're not giving your life over to a nice idea. You're not giving your life over to a body of doctrine. You're not giving your life over um, to an institution or a cultural uh, thing that you do every week and going to church. Um, you're giving your life over to a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that person is obviously God as well, but it's the, it's the God man, Jesus. And so I think that's why the definition begins with you're committed to Jesus, not mm-hmm. the idea of Jesus, not maybe the, the, the benefits that come with Jesus, like the food. If you're, you know, being fed the five thousand or the miracles that happen, no, you're committed to Him hmm. first and foremost.
0: I think I think with the the being changed by Jesus is a hope that we have, a confidence we have that, you know, Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse six, that that what He has started in us, He will bring to completion. Mm-hmm. And so, like the promise that He made the disciples early is the same promise that He has for us today. That hey, I'm with you in this, and I am going to make you. Fishers of men. So it's it's a it's when we commit to Jesus, we're committing to trusting that He is going to do this work necessary for us to be able to mm-hmm. fulfill the mission that He has. Which the mission is obviously to to replicate, to mm-hmm. make, to be a disciple who makes disciples who go out and make more disciples.
1: Right, and what's what I like about this passage in Matthew four, He says, "I will make you." Kind of going back to your pa- your, your your passage of Philippians of, of the commitment as from Jesus that he's saying, hey, I began this in you and I will complete this in you. Mm. Um, and, the, and so that we know that obviously uh, Dallas Willard would say grace is not opposed to effort, but it's opposed to earning. So we obviously, uh, we, we, we put things, um, you know, and I'm trying to say you don't, we don't work for salvation, but obviously we work from our salvation um, and in our own sanctification. And that's this process of Jesus changing us. Um, but he's more committed to us than we are committed to him, obviously.
0: Ooh, I like that. Yeah.
1: yeah, and he's going to. I mean, that's that's his promise. He says, "I will make you fishers of men." Uh, and and I think that and it, can, it comes from the first command: "Follow me." If you follow me, if you co- if you're committed to me as this disciple, then I will change you. I will make you um, into someone who's devoted to the mission of Jesus. Yeah, I like that. So, when you ask yourself, "Are you a disciple of Jesus?" You need to ask yourself really three, maybe maybe three areas of your life. Are you committed to Jesus as a, as a person, not an idea, but the person of Jesus? Are you being changed by him? Not, the, not, 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 not to say you're perfect or anything like that, but are you being changed by him?
0: Are you becoming more like him?
1: Yeah, are you becoming more like him? Are you doing things or not doing things because of who Jesus is and his effect on your life? Mm. And then lastly, are you devoted to the mission of Jesus? Not that you've got it all figured out, but that at least there's a desire in your heart and in your mind and your will to be about the work that Jesus has for us. And that is what it means to be a disciple. All right, that's going to wrap things up for us. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Exiles Pod, as well as message messages, any questions you might want answered. You can also contact us with any questions by emailing us at theexilespod at gmail.com. We have a new episode every Tuesday and then one coming up this Friday. But before you leave, be sure to leave us a review and share this episode with your friends. And until next time, peace. Bye now.